podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Are you getting this? Welcome to the Movie, Movie, Podcast, everybody. That's right. No one can get away from Kevin Spacey. I'm your host, Tiggs. And with me, as always, are Russ. I got away from Kevin Spacey. Peter. I am Kevin Spacey. Ooh, and Alex. I don't want to talk about Kevin Spacey. Well, luckily, we don't have to because no one shows a Kevin Spacey movie this week. For our topic... It was... It was tough not to. It was tough not to. It was almost as hard as not choosing a Brendan Fraser movie for last time. Uh, this time we went with Hostages, specifically specifically so one movie could be watched, which we're going to hear about shortly. Um, I was the secret shopper this time around. Um and I watched four movies. So, let's start yeah. off with one of them, which is the 2009 remake of The Taking of Pelham 123, which was bad. Has... <laughs> I, I never saw this, but I, I was mildly curious. It was it was really bad. It's pretty bad. Um, so, Denzel is uh, very good in it. Um, but... I, this was a Tony Scott joint, I think. Um, and yeah, yeah. It's, it was. It, I mean, did like nine movies together. Yeah, that was like this was like right after Man on Fire, I think, or maybe right before, something like that. Or it was, it was right after. It was right after. Yeah, but if it's a Tony Scott movie with Denzel Washington in a train, you should watch Unstoppable. That's true. Yes, yeah. no, Unstoppable yeah. is definitely the better movie. Um, t- taking Pelham yeah. One Two Three, it's. It's it's got a lot of very digital effects, uh, camera effects going on throughout it. There's a lot of like weird slowdown and like artifacting that's used as, in like an artistic way or or wanting to be in an artistic way in a lot of ways. Um, John Travolta is off the hinges in this one. <laughs> um, it's kind of like you know in the beginning of the Usual Suspects when they're going through the lineup and what is is, is it uh, the ball Spacey. Oh God! I can't get away from him. Um, when the Baldwin's like uh, goes to read the lines, like "Give me the motherfucker, keep your motherfucker." Blah, blah, blah. That is, yeah, that's that's John Travolta's character in this. He's like, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna run with it, and that's gonna be my character yeah. for the entire of this. Whenever John Travolta's been cast as the bad guy, mm-hmm. he's immediately like almost doesn't understand what a bad person is and just plays a complete utter psychopath weirdo like uh um, an arrow, yep. arrow or face, uh, face off this yep. Flat of battlefield earth fanatic. battlefield earth yeah fanatic oh, oh my fanatic. god I, I need to see the fanatic no you Wait, really did don't anyone see that yet yes i i don't think i will directed by fred durst oh wait never mind i'm gonna see it tonight <laughs> Uh, he was only paid a three dollar bill for that. Yeah. Oh, y'all, y'all. Well, let's break something, and that is uh, the taking of film one two three's remake, and move on to one of my favorite '90s movies, Executive Decision. Peter, tell us about Executive Decision. 
Yeah, for those that might not remember, I don't have it up. So, uh, Executive Decision stars Kurt Russell as a uh, kind of practically a Jack Ryan. I, I don't know why he's not just Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, well, is this not a book by? Is this Clancy or whatever? No, I don't think it's anything. I don't think yeah, it's nothing. It's it's not. And there oh, is a. a 747 that is hijacked uh, by uh, Islamic terrorists who, of course, course. come off who come off like under very understanding characters. Um, And he and a small group of like kind of like commando-y dudes uh, comprised of Steven Seagal, John Leguizamo, the dude from Dyson from Terminator 2, whose name I can't remember right now. Joe Morton. Yeah, um, uh, B.D. Wong B. is Wong a part of this. How yeah. old is he? I don't know. Ageless. <laughs> yeah, um, and then Oliver Platt and Halle Berry are also in it yes. as like kind of hanger-ons. Um, and they 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 infiltrate the 747 in air, like through like this weird like kind of tunnel that they build under that they like go in under it. And it was this kind of famous movie at the at the time for the fact that uh, this is this is probably not I wouldn't I wouldn't even say at the tail end of Steven Seagal's like star like being as high. This was maybe it is at the tail end of like when Seagal was almost one of the action kings. Yeah, I, I would say that's that's a fair statement. Yeah, and one of the big shocks was that Steven Seagal's character dies in like. 25 minutes of this movie he dies like while they're trying to get on the plane which is actually in the trailer there's kurt russell looking down being just like you're gonna make it you're not gonna or we're not gonna make it and he says you are and that's in the trailer oh wow i had no idea it was in the trailer i remember it being like but it was But the context the the context might have been different you know how trailers are exactly yeah like when you rewatch the trailer you're just like holy crap they gave away that huge spoiler but you would never know it at the time yeah. Um, uh, sorry, go I, ahead. I just looked up this entire cast. How in the world is a movie with Islamic <laughs> terrorists not starring in some fashion Cliff Curtis? We make that guy every race. Yeah. How did he get into this one? And also, B.D. Wong is 60 years old. What? Wow. wow. He is 60. He plays a, a young dude. Then that's inc- that's shocking, but I guess that makes sense for for how. Well, he would have been like thirty five back then. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And I guess you know what he's coming off. You know, he had a uh, what Jurassic Park, what three years before this before. Three years prior, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it tracks. Holy crap! I didn't realize that dude was so old. He doesn't look a day over like forty. No, forty-five. I, I was just watching him in Mr. Robot, and never would it, like you told me it was if you told me he was thirty-five, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Um, remember, we're thirty-five. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god! Don't speak for yourself. I'm older than that. <laughs> I'm so am I. I'm also older than that. Yeah. So I remember really liking this movie as a kid. Uh, surprise! I have it on VHS. Surprisingly, nice. this movie is two hours and thirteen minutes long. Wow! Um, you did not remember that part. That, that, that's long. <laughs> that is so long, especially for 1996. That is long. Yeah, yeah. And this movie is so slow, and really? so, so little happens. It's so weird. 
It's it's I don't get it. It's a, well, apparently it was directed by a former editor. Which yeah, I, like, I, I cut nothing out of this movie. <laughs> I, I was just yeah. looking at that, and he went on to direct then U.S. Marshals and then Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. Wow. So they... <laughs> Nemesis is alright. I kind of liked U.S. Marshals at the time. And then it seemed like he went back to editing. <laughs> he did a um, lot more after that. Yeah. Uh, as I said, the movie's just super slow. It's weird because we don't see a ton, even though the, most of the movie takes place on this plane in which every person who is not either, well, every person who does not have a gun who's either taking hostages or trying to free a hostage is a hostage, which would be, um, in my, like, hundreds of people on a 747 of this size. Right. And they, they spend no time with those people. And even in my memory, especially for this being 1996, Halle Berry had a huge role in this film in my mind. I thought so, no? She is barely in it. Barely, barely, really? barely in it. I could have sworn when I what like I it was like, like her movie once he's gone. Like oh. her movie and uh Seagal's. Yeah, it's just like so I I thought in my memory, they get on the plane and she helps them she helps them the entire time. Yes. And that is completely and utterly untrue. Like she sees them at one point and she stays quiet, but she's off screen for probably well over an hour and a half. And probably hour 45 minutes she's not on screen out of this movie. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, towards the end, like, they set up that she saw them and, like, towards the end she's a help in saving all the hostages. Well, they don't save all the hostages. A bunch of them fall, like, fall out yeah, of the plane. <laughs> sure. In terms of success, granted, they did land the plane. They did save most of the hostages on this plane. And actually, there was a bomb. There was like a dirty bomb on the plane, and they were going to crash it into the, like somewhere on the eastern seaboard, probably Washington, and it would have killed a lot more people. So, in terms of success, this is a successful hostage saving film. But like some did, yeah. Oh, B B plus A minus. Uh, but yeah, it's so long. It was. It's so slow. It's so like they they spend so much time doing utter nonsense. That's crazy. Um, I, I don't remember. I mean, I probably watched this a whole bunch as a kid as well, and don't remember it ever being a like almost two and a half hours long or or slow. But like, damn, this is disappointing to hear. I think it's action movies when we were younger because I also went to go watch uh, Mel Gibson's The Patriot the other day because it's streaming. That movie is <laughs> in forty five minutes. Ooh. What I remember about Executive Decision was I remember kid me thinking, uh, that movie looks boring. I don't want to watch it. And then my parents rented it. And they were like, uh, this isn't for you. You're not going to like it. So, like, leave or whatever. And I was indignant. And I was like, no, I will <laughs> like it. It looks so good. Look at it. All these people business suits i'm gonna love this movie and i i think i liked it purely because they said i wouldn't so i spied yeah. it into i spied it to enjoy it but i don't remember i haven't seen it like i have not seen it since as like an adult so this, so, is, this is what this was 96 you said yeah so this is like is it like same year as like true lies um True Lies would have been ninety four. So oh, wow. we've already we would have already got True Lies. 
Uh, we Independence Day was on its way like a few months later. Um, so I and like Jurassic Park had already gone. Like we, this was like right when Hollywood turned into big super blockbusters all the time. And to me, this didn't look like one. So, but I pretended to like it, or I guess I didn't like it, despite my parents. Yeah. Um, so, so to jump back really quick, uh, Tiggs, can you give us a grade on the hostage taking and saving from uh, taking a Pelham? Um, let me see. I think there are 18 people taken hostage, and only one of them ends up getting killed. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like a D. Um, only one who gets killed? Yeah. Oh. Everyone else gets saved, so that's, uh, that's uh, let's say, B+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Better be plus. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is that's what it, it for that one? Yeah, I think so, right? Let's yeah. move on. All right. Well, I got another one for you, um, and that's <laughs> 1974's original taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Oh, <laughs> Love. This is so much better. Um, we're going back to like how Travolta plays the bad guy in in the new one, where he, it's just like a lunatic. Robert Shaw. It's it seems like it's like the the what Hans Gruber would end up like taking a lot of cues from, where it's just like calm, cool, collected the entire time. And just like, like, but generally like scary because of how like calm, cool, and collected he is the entire time. Um, uh, Hans Gruber took notes on this film before he took hostages in Nakatomi Plaza. I, you have no idea how badly I wanted to do Die Hard, but I was like, you know what? We should just have a Die Hard episode one day, um, sure. yeah, where we point. all watch a different Die Hard. Um, I call not five. Yeah, to, well, we, need, well, we need to get a fifth. Uh, not, not not four. <laughs> Uh, is I Alex seemed like he was about to say something, but didn't didn't. No, I didn't. I was gonna say not. I I'm fine with all the rest of the. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all pretty good, honestly. Those. The, you know what? I, I didn't hate. Four. I didn't hate four. I like four. I was just, I just watched four as well. I thought it, I I enjoyed okay, it. Okay, then you two can fight it out over the right to see that and loser watches five. <laughs> oh. Again, there's no, there's no only four of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone has to oh, watch five. Uh, I will. I'll I rewatch all five. Um, I hated five so much. I forgot I hate them. Um, Walter Matthau <laughs> is is fantastic in taking a pill in one, two, three. Um, it, oh yeah. All of the like the seventies uh, New York scenes and shots. It, it's it's it feels more of a New York movie than the remake does. Where the remake just feels like you're constantly either in the train or like in the transit office. Um, they're they're constantly like reminding you that you are in New York within with the original Taking a Pelham One Two Three, which is one of the charms of it as well. Um, and really, this is the first time I ever saw it, and it's it's a great great movie. Yeah. Uh, do, remind me, does the sequel have the same like cough sneeze ending that the first one does? Uh, wait, the remake? Yeah. No, it, it does not. Um. Uh yeah, not not as fun. I love that ending though, like where it's just, and then it's just like the freeze frame on Walter Matha opening the door <laughs> and like making that face. I was like, this that's hysterical. I love this. Um, yeah, it never takes itself too seriously, but it's just always like super well done. And and Walter Matha is 
hilarious through it. Like all of the, it's like this seventies New York, um, super caricature vibe to all of the characters that I really liked. Um, but yeah, so let's go on to, Ooh, we got two classics here. Last time I had Alicia Silverstone. This time, Alex got Alicia Silverstone with excess baggage. Alex. So, so this is a movie I'd actually never seen, but I like I remembered it coming out. I remember like the trailers. It's a movie for some reason the time. I always wanted to see, and I don't know. Me too, and I don't know why. And it, I thought this could at least be charming or something like that in some way, and I couldn't kind of think of what to, to watch. Uh, so I was like, "Fuck it, we'll we'll have fun and watch a you know 1997's uh, seminal classic, Excess Baggage." Uh, in this movie, Alicia Silverstone is a rich girl who. Gone too to... far. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Does she know whether or not it matters anyway? Well, it doesn't because she she decides to kidnap herself, um, and she puts herself in, and it opens up with her about to be picked up by the police, um, and she puts herself in the trunk of her car, and a young Benicio del Toro comes. Yeah. Uh, mumbling his way through the movie and decides to uh, hijack, uh, carjack the, that car uh, and take it back where he, um, you know, I guess he just has a, a an illicit business where he steals cars and sells them. Um, and I think him and Harry Connick Jr. are uh, in trouble with guys and they owe money. And they're going to sell a whole bunch of cars. And he finds out, oh, no, there's only two Silverstone in my trunk. Um, And from there, we're supposed to believe that they have chemistry. (laughs) As uh, he tries getting rid of her so he doesn't get blamed for her kidnapping because she's rich. Um, And she is just, like, a brat and angry and, like, she starts, it's, I, the real hostages in this one are the audience, because <laughs> this fucking movie, like, it, it tries telling you that, like, okay, this is a moment that you're supposed to feel like, oh, they connected, and they will play for about three times uh, Dave Matthews' uh, crash into Obviously. me. Yeah. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Yeah. It alternates between that and one uh, and one headlight a lot. Um, Ooh, not, like, Jacob Dylan. Uh, identify what year this movie takes place in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> those two movies make this movie almost timeless. You just need like a so, little bit of Goo Goo Dolls in there, and we'd be able. You know. And then, like weirdly, Christopher Walken is like her, like uncle, who's like some sort of like scary cop fixer guy who's okay. like hunting them down and figures things out very quickly. Um, but Del Toro's warehouse burns down with all his cars 
And at no point is that like the twist or does that come back? Like, that's just the thing that happens that they never explain. Like, I expect like, oh, Harry Conn Jr. stabbed in the back. No, that's just the thing that they just dropped. Is like, that not just like subtext about... throughout the movie? Maybe this movie's deeper than you're giving it credit for, Alex. No. So, <laughs> so they end up, so at one point she ends up getting really kidnapped oh. by the guys that Benicio Del Toro owes money to. Then they got a rescue. Then Benicio Del Toro and uh, uh, what's his name? Christopher oh, Walken have to team up to Ooh. save her again. But you know, so awesome. Yeah, this it's movie does sound awesome. This movie and is, is it possible that we just got a shitty cut and we, we need to hashtag get the, <laughs> the director's Bram cut? Bram cut? Yes. Release the Bram Villa cut. This guy also directed Demolition Man. No way. Oh. Wow, he should have done a lot better with this then. Uh, that's the thing. Is this movie wasn't like, it wasn't funny enough to be a cop. Like, this is 100 minutes long. The first 20 minutes is like her like foiled like self-kidnapping then it's about 40 minutes of them bickering and not like in a cute way uh like his his okay so here's here's an idea of how nothing like influences the characters at all at one point she's like why are you a crook and he goes like oh i'm saving up money so i can open up a karaoke restaurant in Brazil. What? Sure. Yeah. I gave you just as much context to that as the movie did. <laughs> like, it doesn't come back. Does he ever sing in the movie? Or Nope. Nothing. <laughs> he mumbles. He doesn't even talk at an audible level. <laughs> like, everyone's... Like, I, I... I feel like, you know, if you watch those things that are, like, written by AI... Yeah. That, like, it's, like, a whole bunch of stuff, like, that just, like, someone was walk up to someone and be, like, softball table quarterly. Like, this is, and it's just, like, it's just gibberish. Like, this is, like, they fed a whole bunch of 90s movies in there, and there's just a whole bunch of random lines and plot points. That's funny. Um, no, this movie sucked. Like, I thought it didn't know what else to do. My internet was cutting out a lot, so this 100-minute movie turned into about two and a half hours <laughs> because it kept having to buffer. So I think I was also a little angry at that. Yeah, can we talk about Spectrum being really terrible for the last like three or four days? Um, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been rough, but I mean, I guess everyone is on the internet all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's... Yeah, that, that was... This didn't have the charm that it needed to. Like, yeah. even, like, her trying to win back her dad and, like, get her dad's approval. Like, not much really comes of that. Like, at the end, he's still, like, just sort of dismissive towards her. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, it's... Everything is all for nothing. Like, it's, it's... It's... I thought this would be more fun than it was. Alex... Between this and Daybreakers. Watch Daybreakers any day of the week. I'll watch Daybreakers right now. (laughs) I love... Dude, the Hawk would have actually elevated this movie. If Ethan Hawk was there, 
because um, there's nothing against Benicio Del Toro. I think he's actually he actually like, looks good as a leading man and stuff like that. Like I think he could have pulled it off at the time. Yeah. But like him just kind of like silently mumbling his way through it, and then like her just sort of being annoying. It didn't really. There's no one likable, and it's not even fun unlikable. Yeah. All right. That that that's disappointing. So, uh, because so leave the excess baggage in the trunk. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that the hostages all survive. The hostages all survive. Um, one person gets one hostage taker at the end in the last ten minutes when it actually becomes a real hostage situation. Uh, one guy is shot in the gut, but he's fine. Huh. All right, so that's a that's an um, A. It's an A plus. That's an A plus. Yeah, so an a plus. far, strongest A. Yeah. All right. The next film that I watched is the Alfred Hitchcock classic, The Man Who Knew Too Much from uh, 1956. And I'm now realizing that I should have watched the original Man Who Knew Too Much as well for the fourth film. But here we are, uh, too late to this thing. I I hope you watched the other movie. I think you would uh, coincide with that. No, that was... No, I did not. I, I did not. But, um... Man Who Knew Too Much is, uh, you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, Jimmy Stewart, Doris Day um, uh, kind of find themselves in the middle of a assassination attempt and um, their son is kidnapped and taken hostage to keep them quiet about the assassination attempt that's going to be happening. And they have like little bits of information and need to try and figure out uh, and piece together where these people are that kidnapped uh, their son. Um, and also at the same time, try and stop this assassination attempt. Um, this movie is fantastic as well. Um, James Stewart is great in this, uh, although he is, his character is a dick and just dumb. Doris Day is phenomenal and obviously the hero of this story. Like, she should have gotten way more credit for being the hero of this entire movie. Um, has anyone I seen this? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm going to go probably a big nope also. Oh, that's going to be a no for me, Doug. Oh, man. All right. Well, you know, very much worthwhile to check this out. Kid survives, and no one gets killed, so A+. plus. Yeah. I believe it is now on um, HBO Max. Oh, it's part of the criteria. Their bit of criterion that they have. Yeah, nice. Cool. Uh, Wait, are they going to absorb the actual Criterion channel? Not all of it, no. but they have some. Man, does that mean I need to get HBO Max now as well? Uh, they have a bunch of Lone Wolf and Cub. I've got a that. lot of Godzilla films. Ooh, did that start yet? Did, has HBO Max officially started today? Yeah, today? today. yeah. God damn it. All yeah, right. I, so far on HBO Max, I've watched the first episode of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's actually totally You know, it's sold. I'll buy that. Um, yeah, I, I, this is, uh, I've, I've seen the original Man Who Knew Too Much. This one definitely uh, plays a little better. Um, you know, it's more charming in, in a lot of ways because you got Jimmy Stewart there being Jimmy Stewart. So, um it's a, it's a really it's a really like classic uh, Hitchcock thriller, um, and much like with uh, Picking Film One Two Three, where it has like a really great just like 
ending moment to it same thing happens in this that is hysterical and have me laughing out loud um you know after someone gets kidnapped um and now to the movie that we've all been waiting for <laughs> russ what tell us about airheads Okay, I'm not going to do a rust down or anything like that, but I do find that this user review from 18 years ago on IMDb to be hilarious. So I'll read this very quickly, and then I'll talk about this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> that hurts. That really yeah. does hurt, yeah. U- user reviews, let's face it. If you go into a movie called Airheads expecting an intelligent, well-written, highbrow piece of cinematic art, then you deserve exactly what you get. So to everyone out there who gets off on trashing this movie, mind you, this is eight years later, go right over Arthur. Stop bitching. This was in 2002 that this review was written? Yes. <laughs> now. Now, if you want a good mindless way to blow a Friday evening, then look no further. You've come to the right place. Yeah, this movie's stupid beyond belief. It's also friggin' hilarious. <laughs> Any movie that has Steve Buscemi as a long-haired, foul-mouthed bass player and Ernie Hudson in pseudo-tough guy lines like, hey, pal, you want to try getting physical with me? Hilarious. <laughs> That's Steve the line Buscemi, This one has a great cast. Long. I know. This one has a great cast with Brendan, not Brandon. Yeah, Brendan spelled wrong, Frazier, as a leading man, Chaz, Adam Sandler as a pool-cleaning drummer, Pip, and also features Joe Mantegna, Michael McKean, Chris Farley, David Arquette, and a slew of others, even Michael Richards. The soundtrack rocks and the laughs come so often, very dumb laughs, that it's impossible to keep count. Enjoy. So I did. I watched this movie. Keep count? Uh last week and this was one of those comedy central if it was on at whatever part it was at i was watching it movies growing up it's not funny at all (laughs) i did not laugh once and i and, and it wasn't like i went into the movie like trying to have it trying to challenge like, I went into this movie having nothing but good memories. Like, all right, do what you do, Airheads. <laughs> Let's go. And it fucking sucked. This movie's not funny. Uh, even if I took off my woke lens, it's still not funny. Um, Brendan Fraser is kind of just not good. He, I mean, he's, he's everyone in the movie is fine, but this movie is not written to have jokes in it. I feel like it is an SNL movie that takes place in a universe where there was supposed to be an SNL character that they just forgot to put in the movie. Is there (laughs) like, like, did you you like remember the lines? So they're like, let me is God. I I remember. I remember. Yeah. I remember a lot of lines and I, and I remembered like, Oh, the movie might have, I remember there being so many funny people in the movie and I watched it and I'm like, wow, it feels like, like the, like Stuart worse than Stuart Samson's family. Wow. Cause it's, it's like, it feels like an SNL movie that just doesn't have an SNL character or an MTV film that doesn't have like nudity or boobs. 
so it falls into this weird like area where it's like it's trying to it's very babe culture centric so every girl in the movie is a straight up babe and by that i mean like kelly bundy married with children style babes it's full of babes but it's not at all funny and for a movie to have michael mckeon and adam sandler doesn't really even have anything to do in the movie and if this movie came out 18 months later I feel like he would have been the star and Fraser would have been one of the other two guys. But it's like, it just does not work at all as a comedy. Do they make any jokes about, you know, I'm sure that they are all pretty close in age, but that Steve Buscemi looks 40 years older than the other two of them in this movie? They don't. And he's supposed to be like uh, Adam Sandler's brother with within a handful of years, like I'm assuming within like a reasonable amount of years. So, you know, they accidentally take a, a rock station hostage Classic. and well, yeah, as you do accidentally, right. they, they kind of like fall backwards into doing it. And the movie is like you watching these guys like try to get their demo played. Yep. And, that's all they want. And like Ernie Hudson is the, the negotiator cop trying to like figure this all out. And at one point he sends Chris Farley, uh, like the demand is we, I want to, I, we need another copy of the demo. Cause my girlfriend hates me right now. Cause I'm a dick to her. Uh, yeah. she has the Lone Rangers. Yeah. Yes. For oh, the Lone, Lone Rangers. Rangers. Right. Which the, the name of the band makes literally no sense, but that, that is clever. But yeah. not funny. Uh, so at one point he sends uh, Chris Farley. He's like, um, so you got to go find his girlfriend. She's here's a photo of her. And it's just a photo of her in like a string bikini. She's probably somewhere on the strip. So he just has to like go to these random bars to like find her or whatever. I mean, he gets her punch. The movie is not funny at all. The only things that are remotely good are Chris Farley and Michael Richards because they add a level of physical comedy to the movie that it that the rest of the movie doesn't seem to care about. It's like any cutaway with Chris. Yeah. He's just like yeah, he's... in vents and falling around and crap falling. That was really good. Cool, it is. But him and Chris Farley are in a completely different movie than everybody else. And... Dude. So, it, so it I just does work. I, also, I was looking. It's like from the director of like Heather's. Do you think that this meant was like meant to be darker or anything at some point? Like, I, would think, it worked that I way? think this movie was meant to be darker, and it just and I think it got like studioed around with because it it's really there's like no consequences. Like it ends with them in jail for six months. They get they. The final demand once they that want the next tape that they get breaks, so they need uh, their last demand is like we want uh, we want to get signed by an agent, sure, which is insane. So Judd Nelson shows up and he's like, "All right, I'm going to sign you guys, and you're going to do a concert tonight in front of all these people." But then this has to be over, and they're all like, "Okay." And he gives them a, a, a venue to do their show, and the backing track plays, and they're like, "What? This is our music." He's like, "Yeah, lip sync," because you're like performing in front of a lot of people, and they're like, "We don't lip sync." So then they just break everything and like yell, 
and then go to jail for six months and become the biggest band ever off of a single song. <laughs> this movie doesn't work at all. I'm trying to not even go near the, the stuff that's just like, this movie clearly doesn't like women, but I guess most movies didn't in the 90s, which is unfortunate. It's not funny. And if you make a movie like this and, and Bill and Ted is a more believable version of two dudes <laughs> um, wow. in the world, then your movie is shit. And it's frustrating because I like everybody in this movie and it fucking sucks. And I'm annoyed and I tried to I tried to bail from this and watch something else. So I tried to watch The Ref, but fucking Kevin Spacey is all up in that. So I didn't so I couldn't. So I'm stuck with Airheads, a movie that has ruined now ruined a part of my childhood. It's not funny. <laughs> Don't see it. However you remember it, leave it that way. I I mostly remember this from it playing on Comedy Central like four times a day. <laughs> For years. There's one other. There's a Beavis like Butthead calling cameo. That was pretty funny. Oh, That's man. right. Oh, so but weird. but I feel like weirdly the, that like that time of Comedy Central had a lot of hostage movies like this Cadillac Man, The Chase. I was about yeah. All played, when you were all talking about the Chase, Chase, I think I kind of remember liking. I watched The Chase in a bar a few months ago. It holds up. I mean, it's problematic, but it's good. Yeah. All right, Tiggs, hit us with that last one. All right, one last one, guys. Let me me bring you back to a time. The year is 1996. Excess baggage is in theaters. The Spice Girls (laughs) wannabe is taking over the charts. And the old Boston Garden is about to be torn down. Oh, Fuck yes. <laughs> um, all right, good call. How didn't I think of this? This is I don't brilliant. Know I wish I watched this instead. How did I? We're the smartest. Dame, Daniel Stern and Dan Aykroyd want, the, want yes. the Celtics to win the fi- their final championship in the Old Garden and take Damon Wayne's hostage. In, a Utah Jazz player, right? Yes, a Utah Jazz yeah, player yeah. in Celtic pride. <laughs> Okay, before you say anything else, just I need to know right now. Oh, by the way, Airheads, five out of five hostage because everybody lives and it's fine. Um, but Celtic Pride, just tell me right up top, movie still good or movie not? It's, it oh, has no, you're, good you're... moments. But I remember it only having good moments. Let's just say this. At the end of the movie, the Celtics lose. So, five out of five. Yeah. I like that. Damon Wayans forced them to go to the game dressed in jazz gear and root for the jazz. Yep, that is exactly what happened. There are, like, <laughs> this movie opens up really strong with uh, Daniel Stern, like, coaching a bunch of, like, you know, making you think that there's, uh, it, he's, like, coaching an actual basketball team. Uh, but, no, it's just a bunch of kids that he's, like, screaming at. Um the 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 subplot with him and uh the wife uh is you know kind of they're kind of not their stern and Aykroyd's friendship is so believable though like throughout this entire movie you know that these two, see like, i think just, that they would be fun together yeah. they are totally fun together um Aykroyd is actually 
really good in this as well. Um, the so they're watching or he's watching a commercial of uh, Damon Wayans. It's like a black and white commercial that's kind of supposed to look like the uh, like the the Spike and Mike uh, or not Spike and Mike, but um, the Spike Lee Michael Jordan commercials for of Nike. And it's Damon. Oh, Wayans. with uh, Mars Blackman. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Damon Wayans is like, I'm not a role model, and like that's the whole thing. Uh, and Dan Aykroyd has a dream because he's a plumber that he's just like, I'm not a role model, I'm a plumber. <laughs> and that whole gag is hilarious. Still, um, there are still there's there's still some like weird bits to it, but I gotta say it, it holds up better than I thought it would going to. Um, and again, Celtics lose. Uh, so that's all good. Uh, written by Judd Apatow. Really? What? Written by Judd Apatow and Colin Quinn, I guess, uh, as well. Like, yeah. This, huh? this that was, sounds about right. Yeah. Is Judd Apatow coming off of Heavyweights? Uh, Heavyweights was what, 95? 95 or 94, yeah. Yeah, so I think so, yeah. Um, and I believe that the director, if I need to look up the trivia, but I think they were fired. I think, Alex, we talked about this. They may have been fired from like Ace Ventura 2 and went on to go do Celtic Pride instead. I, I believe you told me that, yeah. Um, it's fun to, the, the basketball scenes do not feel like you're actually watching a basketball game, which I guess is to kind of be expected from what seems like a low budget 90s comedy. Um, that that's really just kind of built on the three of them having a relationship. Now, I will also say that the final thing that happens is Damon Wayne's being like, "These two are my; these two guys are my friends." No, there is Stop. no world where I believe that 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 is how this entire thing ends. Um, Important question. Yeah, how good are? Because I don't. I remember just like visuals from this movie. How are Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern at playing Bostonians? I would get, I would guess that Aykroyd was probably pretty good and Stern yeah. probably wasn't. Aykroyd kind of goes for it, you know, at times. Like, he's, he's trying to put on a little bit of an accent and he's believable. Stern is just doing, the, like, he's doing nothing. He's just like, <laughs> I have a script and I'm just going to read this and I'm going to say that I really like uh, these sports teams, and you're going to believe that I am from Boston. Um, that does not surprise me at all. Yeah. Aykroyd does go for it, and he is very much believable um, in uh, in that role, I gotta say. I think that this is worth watching if you haven't watched it in a while, uh, especially where, with sports really just not existing at this point. Um, Hockey's coming back. Hockey's coming back. There was, if anybody watched the match this weekend, the match two this weekend, that was actually very fun. Um, but this was, this this scratched that itch for me right now. Okay. So, um, maybe more of a kidnapping than a hostage movie, but still very, very much worth it. What you, so I was running into this problem trying to... What do you think is the difference between a kidnapping movie and a hostage movie? Yeah, I, your guys. Uh, I would stuff. say hostage is like you you take people, you kidnap people, but then you have demands yeah. to, uh, towards others. Exactly. Whereas uh, kidnapping is more like we're taking you for our own purposes. Yeah. That yeah. may or may not involve letting other people know. 
I, I did a Google search on this that I am sure I am now on some list for of what is the difference between a hostage and a kidnapping. Um, and that is exactly, yeah, basically you're looking for demands in a hostage situation. Um, kidnapping doesn't necessarily have to be that. You could just, it's just like an abduction. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I guess they were looking for demands of him not playing and the Celtics winning. Yeah. So I'll take it. So if you kidnap someone and demand a ransom, that person's now a hostage. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's how I that's how I kind of read the the category or the differentiation. Yeah, but if I scoop Alex off the street and don't let him out of my house, that's just kidnapping. That's just kidnapping. Right. Yeah. Why it stinks because <laughs> I would have watched the rest, but that was a Kevin Spacey hostage film, and then could couldn't watch Negotiator because that's a Kevin Spacey hostage film. And then no one can see all the money in the world because that's a Kevin Spacey hostage <laughs> film that he was in. Man. It's Who would have thought a guy involved in this many hostage movies would be a bad dude? I know. Oh, my gosh. Have you guys been watching anything? I did actually watch The Lodge as well. Um, what did you think? Man. That was bleak as shit. <laughs> oh, that's, that's my favorite kind of movie, that. dog. And it would have totally worked for Descent into Madness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. That is 100% of Descent into Madness film. If anyone's looking to do Descent into Madness 2, Electric Boogaloo, I've got like nine movies queued up. I'm ready to go. I would definitely be up for revisiting that. Um, 100%. Maybe not right away, but in the in the near in the near future, I got a ton of movies lined up that are all actor. Nice. <laughs> uh, speaking of '90s comedies that we were checking to see or whether it's still funny, um, which is also on HBO, well, just HBO regular, but Max at this point too. I loved Almost Heroes. I haven't watched oh, that in a really too. long time. That's the Matt Perry Chris Harley. Yeah. yeah. It is. What? Why wasn't David Spade in that movie? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I they were trying something started. else out at the time. Friends had started, and they were looking for vehicles for all of those people. That's true. That's fair. Like uh, Ed. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah, this movie's like it's it's very stupid, but it doesn't. It seems to know it's dumb. It seems to really accept the fact that it's very stupid and silly, and I found it delightful. I, I the, the the gag that I really remember from this, and I think we've actually talked about this like ten years ago, Pete, is um, Chris Farley going to get the egg, and it like, <laughs> oh, pigs! It's still incredible. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. The build up, it's like it's a perfect three beat with a great. Pe- it's so good. Yeah. Oh I'm, my god. And this is on HBO. Is it on Go as well? I don't. Do I need to get Max Go, now? It's on Go and Max. Yeah. Oh, well, man. if you pay for HBO now, whatever that is, you also get HBO Max already. But what if I have HBO Go from like a cable subscription? Nope. You gotta have now, or you gotta have Max to get Max. That's so. But annoying. it should still HBO Go. Okay. Um, because I watched it before HBO Max launched. As I said, the only thing I've watched on HBO Max so far is Scooby-Doo. Um, uh, besides that, did anyone else catch The Lovebirds in terms of new new flicks? Not yet. I didn't. I, I want to watch that. Uh, I, I was trying to watch it this weekend, but I said I watched Armageddon twice. <laughs> 
So that's like six hours of my of my long weekend. Like I watched it before I went away this weekend. I was like, man, this movie fucking still rules. And then I left and I was upstate uh, at a at a socially distant house and people were like, You wanna watch Armageddon? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I just watched it and they're like, That's not stopping us. So we rewatched it. Still damn good. I saw it within I saw it forty eight hours after the first time I saw it. And it's still damn good. That's awesome. That's a really, really early buy on um, uh, Owen Wilson, too. He had pretty much only done Bottle Rocket at that point. So for him to come in there and just own that movie, it's great. Problematic, sure, but like it's also good. Yeah. Alice, so I watched that. See anything else? Yeah. No, nothing for me, folks. You've still been watching the same? What was, what's the TV show that you keep watching? Still watching Fact or Fiction Beyond Belief. All right. Uh, still can't believe it. John <laughs> Franks fooled me again. Still ghosts? All ghosts. All ghosts. All ghosts all the time. Anything else uh, that anybody's seen or that's like coming up that you're excited for right now? Um, uh, the Tenet trailer got me excited for the idea of going to a theater and then I remember we live in a world where that's never going to happen. Nope. So... In Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's weird. They can say they can say all they want. It's, that will not be a summer release. Nope. Yeah. Definitely not. Because if they can't get New York and LA, they're not releasing it. I even think Mulan and whatever else was supposed to come out in August. Shit's not happening. No, I don't think so. I think like November is probably your earliest release because Pete, that might be when people are comfortable going back. But you you stand to lose so much money if you drop one of these movies in September and no one no one goes to see it. Yeah, I, I I'm I, I'm ready to accept that new movies don't come out. I just hope that if like movie theaters do open with like 25% capacity, that they show old movies that I would really love to see on the big screen again. I'm I'm so ready for that. Yeah, I think we're. I I am as well, but I think what we're gonna get is we're gonna get like the MCU all over again, and that's fine. But I think we're going to get MCU, we're going to get Harry Potter, we're going to get, you name another major franchise, we're going to get maybe some Bond movies. Lord of the Rings. I think we're going to get a lot of major things that are like culturally significant within the like Twilight, Fifty Shades. I think we're going to get a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get like smaller movies or more interesting movies that you just want to see on the big screen. Maybe some Best Picture stuff, but... Yeah. I think it's most going to be blockbuster-centric or franchise-centric. Yeah. Like, pretty much all Marvel. I mean, that's just the thing of, like, watching so many movies right now, I just, I want to watch a movie in the theater. I don't care what it is. Me too. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I don't foresee it happening this year, honestly. Um, I am does, a I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable doing it, is really what it comes down to. I will be if it's November. I think by November I'm down. 
Um, well, I, uh, me and also Russ, I just got the swab test today. Um, so I hope that's... that I've had COVID before because I do not want to get that fucking test ever again. I know. Oh, I really... like, to, like swab your brain, I hear? Like it goes it, off. it really, it's, if anyone, if you try to conceptualize what you think it feels like, it doesn't feel like what you think. It's definitely weird and definitely terrible, but you have no idea what it feels like. Is it is it like when they do the flu test, which is just like a really long Q-tip that they stick up your nose and into like back of your nasal cavity and then just kind of like twist it around? It, uh, it's, it's that for like 10 seconds. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's never fun. They get oh. that love in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> can I just so like, I did, spit onto something and send it somewhere, and they can tell me? <laughs> nah, you gotta you gotta blow your snot into a tissue, and then you gotta swabby 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 around for ten seconds of hell, and then you wait three to four days, and that's that. That's that's life now. Yeah, I do want to get one of those soon. Um, I've just been doing that for fun. Oh god, <laughs> damn it! And unrelated, I might be setting up another one of those, y'all. Nice. Okay, um, this isn't the COVID, COVID podcast. It's the movie movie podcast. Right. So, takes you know what to do. Yeah. Oh, as a real quick takes before we start, uh, I was able to change my username on uh, Letterbox, so I am a uh, Pete Peter PD on Letterbox. Got it. Uh, I will make sure to make note of that at the end here. Uh, but you can find us on the web moviemoviepodcast dot com. You can find Russ on everything as Russ Incredible. You can find Peter on Letterboxd. Definitely as Funky Bankman. Nothing else. Don't search for anything else. It's the only thing it's going to be able to find um, You can find me on Strava, and I should probably sign up for Letterboxd at some point. Alex! Oh, God. You had some hope. Oh, I, you know, I, I lost track of time. Um, my clock was off and I forgot to sign up for anything. Um, oh, that's an honest mistake. So then uh, that, that, that's your first time being honest. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So that means like next week you'll, I'll you'll like set, something. Set, it, no, but set, set it right now. Set it right like now. Just, yeah. I want to hear like before Tiggs <laughs> finishes signing off, can we hear like the beat that you're all set? Okay. <laughs> let me just, uh, sure. All right. So Tiggs, Continue to bring us home, and then let's just make sure we hear that beat before we get out of here. All right. Okay. You can. Oh wait, there's no How more do do? to bring us home because we don't no, have. No, yeah, show. we we cut all the rest of the stuff out because there's no comedy anymore. <laughs> Comedy's gone. Yeah. Oh god, I, I don't know. Beep. <laughs> all right, we heard the beep. Everyone was that 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 sounded like an official beep to me. Um, sure. Sounds good. Yeah. So, Alex, we we are looking forward to that next time, and you should all look forward to that next time on the Movie Movie Podcast. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>